Remember when I first got saved, that last song, And Can It Be That I Should Gain, was one of those ones when I was at work, I would, it was just in my heart, you know. And I remember singing that, and then I, I didn't know, I never knew what the name of the song was. And I tried telling my nephew Sam, I says, you know that one where it says, my flesh fell off, my heart was free? He's like, I don't think it says that, Uncle Mike. <laughs> So he still makes fun of me this day because of that. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's funny though. But us, we haven't sang that one in a while. It just brought back that memory. You know, that's a that's a good one. Like I said this morning, I want to talk about prayer and fasting. I remember when I first got saved. Um, I met this guy at a gas station. His name was Rocco Shanks. Many of you know who Rocco Shanks was. I went to a gas station. This guy had this goatee that was down to about his belly button, and I said, hey, nice effing goatee. That's what I said. I was lost, man. And, uh, of course, that was a more colorful word. And I didn't even realize I said it. I, I, he, told, he tells me later that that's what I said in front of his little kids. But he didn't get offended. Instead, he goes out there, with the, you know, when I'm pumping my gas in my little Celica, and he hands me this track called God's Simple Plan of Salvation. Man, I got saved by that track. Amen. And months later, I'm babysitting Sam and Ruth, and here he comes and his goatee's shaved off. And I'm horrible with names, but I know faces when I see him. I like, I know that face. And I say, hey, how come you cut your goatee off? And he's like, who are you? I said, man, you gave me that piece of paper up there at the gas station. He said, oh, yeah, did you read that? I said, yeah, I still got it. I want you to come over to the church. And so I'd go over to the church when I was over there in the school. And, you know, I didn't like Tim Shanks preaching. Because at that time, I was doing the best i ever done in my life. <laughs> I mean, I, was, I cut a lot of bad ties with some bad things. But every time I went in there, he's always mentioning sin. And Lord, the Holy Spirit's just like, yeah, but you still ain't got me, and you still ain't doing this, and you know what I mean? And you still ain't got me. Man, I got convicted and convicted, and you know, finally got right. Amen. I remember Rocco went off to college, and uh, that always kind of bothered me that I said that in front of him. And I remember I wrote down, I just wrote down, and uh, he still calls it my first my first sermon I ever wrote, but I didn't outline it as a sermon. I just wanted to let Rocco look, man. I've learned four new F words in church. <laughs> One day I'm going to preach that sermon. Probably not for a Sunday service. Probably be like a watch night service. <laughs> but it ain't going to be the... And the first one was fasting. The other one was fellowship. I learned the Father and His love. But you also learned about forgiveness. Amen. And we all know that other F word. We don't need to repeat that, but... I'd just like to read to you a little bit on fasting. Just experience. Again, four passages. I apologize. My outline isn't really like a... We're just going to read the Scriptures and give, I'm going to give you my thoughts. You can form your own opinion too. Let the Holy Spirit of God speak to you. So 2 Samuel chapter number 12 and verse number 1, if you would. Second Samuel chapter 12. Verse 
verse number one. Oh, it helped if I was in Second Samuel because that did not read right. This is Nathan, or I mean, this is a. Well, you'll figure it out if you start reading. Verse number one. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich, the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children, and it did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd, and to dress for the wayfaring man that was come unto him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he had did this thing, and because he had no pity. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Saith the Lord of God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. Boy, imagine being that guy as a preacher. You're going to say that to David? <laughs> Lord, please send somebody else. I mean, reminds me of John the Baptist. Reminds me of Samuel when, when the Lord came to him in that dark time. He says, you know what? I want you to tell you what's going to happen to old Eli. And Eli says, don't tell me everything that happened. Don't hold nothing back or it's going to come on you. And he tells him everything. You know what? Your sons are going to die. You are too. That's pretty bold. Verse number 8, And I gave thy master's house and the master's wives into thy bosom and gave thee the house of Israel and Judah. And if it had been too little, I would moreover have given it unto such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in his sight? Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house, because thou hast despised me, and hast taken thy wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son." For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the sun. <clears throat> and David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. Howbeit by this deed that thou hast given great occasion to thy enemies of the Lord to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child and Uriah's wife that Uriah's wife bare unto David. It's interesting that that's called Uriah's wife. I mean, that's interesting. This, as far as I can tell, is, is going to be your first mention of fasting. And David's going to fast, and i got a couple reasons wrote down why he does it. So then Nathan departed unto his own house, verse number 15, and the Lord struck the child, and Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. David therefore besought God for the child, and David fasted, and went in and lay all night upon the earth. 
And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not. Neither did he eat bread with them. And it came to pass on the seventh day that the child died. And the servants of David feared to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spake unto him, and he would not hearken unto our voice. How will we then vex himself? How will we he how will he then vex himself if we tell him that the child is dead? <clears throat> Excuse me. But when David saw that his servants whispered, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said unto his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. And David arose from the earth, and washed and anointed himself, and changed his apparel, and came into the house of the Lord, and worshipped. Then he came to his own house, and when he required, they set bread before him, and he did eat. Then said out of his servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was yet alive, but when the child was dead, thou didst rise, didst rise and eat bread? And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me? that the child may live. But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. There's a lot said about that last verse too, but I'm not going to get into that. I see David fasted there in verse number 16. That's where he started his fast. But it says in verse number 22, he said he fasted for God's grace. He said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. Who can tell whether God's, God will be gracious to me? You know, fasting is trying to get God's attention. So you know what? I'm going to put myself through a little bit of denying myself, a little bit of weeping. As you read on in other passages, what we'll get to, a little bit of sorrow. I'm just going to, I'm going to fast. Try to get God's attention. Try to get God to reason with me. Maybe change God's mind. Moses changed God's mind. Ezekiel changed God's mind. These were people that had relationships with the Lord. You can change God's mind by fasting. Amen. I mean... It's true. We'll get there. (laughs) It's true. I see this. uh, He fasted for an answer. He fasted for a reason. Um, Unfortunately, in this event, the the answer was no. Your child's going to die. It's sobering. And he said, while the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. You know, he got his answer. He didn't fast after that. That's what he was saying. I see this one in in verse number 17. He, He fasted alone. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth. 
but he would not. Neither did he eat bread with them. This was a personal thing that he realized. And this is something I did. So he fasted for that reason. Thou art the man. And he says, you know what? I'm going I'm to fast. Pray. Besought the Lord. David was always praying. This is a man who wrote majority of your psalms. And the Lord said no to him. He wouldn't eat or comfort himself, verse 17. And the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the earth, but he would not, neither to eat bread with them. He's going to deny himself. But not only that, but I see he's, he's fasting for someone else. He's not fasting for himself. And in fact, most of the times I find it, people ain't fasting for themselves. Most of the passages I've read. You know, who's he fasting for? The kid. That's right. The child. He's fasting for somebody else. Verse number 21, Then says, Servants unto him, What thing is this that thou hast done? Thou didst fast and weep for the child while it was yet alive. But when the child was dead, thou didst rise and eat bread. Didst, didst rise and eat bread. It's one word we don't say any much. I can barely say it. And he said, While the child was yet alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who can tell whether God will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he's dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. So he's just fasting for that child. Turn over there to Nehemiah. Book of Nehemiah. Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 1, I apologize, I didn't say that. It says the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hekeliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu, which is December, which is important because when you get to chapter number 2, it's April. And it came to pass in the, that month, the, the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hen and I, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days, and fasted, and prayed before the God of heaven. Here you find this again, that he's, he's fasting for somebody else. He's praying about 
somebody else. He's mourning about what's happened over there. He's weeping about what's happened over there. His heart's about what happened to his people. And he's going to fast about that. His people in his town. Not only that, but it's got his prayer recorded here. Verse number 5. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. That's a big thing. Just confessing your sin before you fast and period with your daily walk with the Lord. Just getting that right. I didn't even realize that because some... I see it in my own sons. Because I get... I'm like Peter, man. You ain't going to take the Lord and I cut your head off. You don't. You know what I mean? I can get a little snappy. And I see that in some of my other sons. And he picks up the sins of his father. Because he's got a short temper now. And it, my kids t- taught it. So he says, you know what? Lord, forgive me of my sins and which we have sinned against thee, I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee, verse 7, and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee, thy word, that thou hast commandest thy servant Moses. So here's what he's going to do. He's going to pray. He's going to pray. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to quote Scripture. In fact, when I read that Bible, I find a lot of people praying and quoting Scripture because they say, God, I'm not going to charge you foolishly, but God, you said this. So where's my promise? God, you said, if we turn our hearts back to you, you'll help us out. That's what I said. God says, all right, you're right. That's what I said. Thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If you transgress, I will scatter you abroad the nations. But if you turn unto me and keep my commandments, verse 9, and do them, though they were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and bring them unto a place that I have been, that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people, whom thou hast redeemed by the great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now mine ear be attentive to thy prayer of thy servant, and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant, this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of his man, sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. I know I made a kind of little joke here on watch night service about this guy and intermittent fasting. But you know, David, he David, he just didn't eat bread. Doesn't say he didn't drink. But if you're the king's cupbearer, I imagine you're gonna have to drink. Just common sense. But it says he fasted. You know how many days he fasted? Certain days. Certain days. So I'm pretty sure, I'm, I'm pretty certain. I'm certain he fasted some days. And I'm pretty certain he fasted not some other days. But I'm pretty certain he fasted certain days. But I'm certain he fasted. If that makes sense. 
Certainly. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? So it's, it's to please the Lord. You find out, and I'll just give you something. There was seven with David. It was 40. With uh, Jesus, it was three. With Esther. Oh, with Nehemiah, it's just certain days. <laughs> he had a job he had to do. He's king's cupbearer. So, you can, as that phrase goes, you can intermittent fast. And I'm not trying to, I'm trying to keep this as biblical as possible. But if you look into that intermittent fasting, it's actually really good for you. From a health perspective. And honestly, I think that's probably just the way God designed it. God is the great physician. We don't always need to be having a bunch of food in our bodies. Amen. We can deny ourselves of this thing and do it for somebody else. Sacrifice a little, put our flesh into subjection, deny ourselves of some comfort and some pleasure that somebody else might reap the benefits of it later. I mean, it started off there in December and went all the way to April. And his answer was yes. Chapter number two. It says, And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, which is April, and in the twelfth year of Artaxerxes the king, that the wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been I had not been before sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing that thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was so afraid. You know what? He's supposed to bring that stuff up there. You know what I mean? He's supposed to bring that up here. And he's like, you know. And if you're fasting, I mean, the Lord said that. Don't make a face like everybody else, you know. Oh, I'm fasting. I'm fasting. You know. You're going to go give that to the king when you're like that? Buddy, you're about ready to die. Get out of here before I have you killed. You know what I mean? You're supposed to already... Yep, pretty good, King. You can have some of this. You know what I mean? That's the way it was. Or else you're, you died. You're dead. Now you're coming in front of the King and presenting him with his wine that he wants to drink so he could be merry and you, and you got a sad countenance. But that's not what I called the wine for. I've got this wine to get merry. Hey man, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna dig, that's what it was. Don't do that. <laughs> but this was for his life. And he says, he says, man, I was sore afraid and said the king, let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city that my place of my father's sepulchers lieth waste and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, for what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Now, this is what I have heard referred to as as a Nehemiah prayer. They just didn't ask him right then, Brother Dan. He just didn't, you know. So what's this request for? And he goes, hold on. Lord, help me to have a good uh, response for, uh, you know, to this. It wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. It's like if you ever get in that one opportunity to lead somebody to the Lord and or for whatever reason, insert whatever reason, but then you, you just go, Lord, just please help me with this. <laughs> it's that four-second prayer. It's all your heart. Lord, just help me. <laughs> you know, Nehemiah prayer. You know what I mean? Because you're fixing to die. Or maybe this soul needs to get saved. And he throws up this prayer. He'd been fasting. He's been weeping. Certain days. <laughs> That's important though. You'll see how important that is. Certain days. 
Certain days, he's been fasting, praying, weeping, and mourning. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, verse number 5, And if thy servant hath found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldst send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchers, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, The queen also sitting by him. I like how that's just thrown in there. The queen's also sitting by him. I wonder if she's like, you know what I mean? Obviously, it's important. Anyhow. For how long shall thy journey be, and when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let let letters be given to me that the governors beyond the river that they may convey me over till I come into Ju- till I come into Judah, and a letter unto Asaph the keeper of the king's forest that he may give timber to make beams for the gates of the place palace which it appertained to the house for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter in enter into, and the king granted me according to the good hand of my God upon me. He said, "You know what? I just don't want to take a leave. I don't want to take a leave." He said, I want to take a leave and, and I want you to give me a bunch of stuff too. <laughs> I mean, man, he's scared for his life and now he's asking for a whole bunch more. I mean, that's crazy. But he's fasting certain days, weeping, mourning. Four months later, he gets his chance, throws up his prayer. And you know what the answer is? Yes. And you know what the... The king said yes. You getting it? The king said yes. And I like this in uh, verse number 9. Then I came to the governors beyond the river and gave gave them to the king's letters. Now the king had sent captains of the army of horse, horsemen with me. He just gave them a little extra protection. <laughs> I mean, that's cool. That's real cool. That's awesome. I like that. But I am going to mention this verse number 10. I'm just going to mention it. When Sanbout and Horonite and the Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there would come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Careful of people like that. They don't care about you working out. don't care that you care about somebody else. Watch out for those people. Those people are evil. Amen? That's what it said about Saul. Saul's problem was he didn't like David. David just had the greatest victory there ever was. I mean, I don't say ever was, but one of the biggest that we can, as Christians, David, you know, David and Goliath defeats that mighty man. All Israel rejoices. Confidence restored. And Saul goes, you know, I don't like that song they sung about him. I'm going to pierce him to the wall with a javelin. And that evil spirit came on. That's what it says. An evil spirit. They didn't like him. You gotta watch out for those people that don't like the brethren. And all they wanted to do is try to help. And all they just wanted to try to do is get a victory. All they wanted to do is just love their brethren. Help out. Try to build something. Watch out for those people. Amen. King's answer was yes. Turn over one more book. Turn over there to Esther. Esther chapter number 3, just for a backdrop. Haman here, and I should have just started here and just instead of the David. Um, 
Now it came to pass when they spake in verse number four, chapter number three and verse number four, I think is where it is. Now it came to pass when they spake daily to me, hearkened not unto them that they told Haman to see whether Mordecai's matters would stand for he had told them that he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not or did not reverence him, then was Haman full of wrath. You know, watch that. Sometimes people just in authority. Hey man, you ever have that guy at work? I got, you know, it's some people's work, it's a hard hat thing. At other people, it's just, I am the boss. You know what I mean? I am the leader here. You know, I like I heard this story a long time ago from a guy, and he says, look, if he says, if, if you've got to constantly tell people you're the boss, <laughs> you ain't the boss. <laughs> you know, people know who the boss is. You know what I mean? They're going to come up and ask you. You know, it's just that way on, on a brick job. You know, if I'm going up on this side of the, and this guy's going up, I'm communicating with this guy, and we're communicating with this guy, and we're pulling a line across. I'm not asking the guy on the ground, hey, what do I got to do? He's worried about the ground. I'm worried about the building going up. You know what I mean? But this people get caught up in their titles and anyhow. So they make he makes this proclamation where he's going to kill all the Jews. He's going to kill them all. Little Adolf Hitler Haman. Hitler Haman. For sake of time, we won't read through that, but we'll just jump into verse or chapter number four. And when Mordecai perceived all that was done, Mordecai rent his clothes and put on sackcloth with ashes and went out in the midst of the city and cried with a loud and bitter cry. And it came even before the king's gate, for none might enter into the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province, whithersoever the king commanded, commandment and his decree came, there was a great mourning among the Jews and fasting and weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. You know what? They're just denying themselves some comfort. And it was a great risk. Man, they were all going to die. They really needed God to intervene. They needed it. Because this guy, he was he was their enemy. It says that, and I might find that verse here, but I know it says, it says he was their enemy. He hated them. He's going to kill them. They're trying to get God's attention. In verse number four, so Esther's maids and her chamber and her chamberlains came and told it to her. Then was the queen exceedingly grieved, and she sent raiment to clothe Mordecai and to take away his sackcloth from him, but he received it not. Boy, that sounds like David. He says, you know what? No, I'm, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm doing this for a reason. It wasn't because he sinned. He was doing this because he loved his people, and he didn't like that decree that's just going to happen. He's doing it for life. Most of these were done for life. And for other people. That's what I found out. Then called Esther for Hatach and, and at, at one of the king's chamberlains, verse number five, whom he had appointed to attend upon her and gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. So she wants to know what's going on with you. Why are you doing this? She doesn't even know. She's in the palace. She has no idea what's going on. She's never heard of this declaration that he made that all the Jews are going to die. So attached went forth to Mordecai into the street and of the city, which was before the king's gate. And Mordecai told him all of that had happened unto him, and of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. Also he gave him a copy of the writing of the decree that was given at the Shushan to destroy them. 
to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go in unto the king and to make supplication unto him and to make request for him, for her and for her people. So there he is. He says, look, this is why we're doing it. You want to know why we're doing it? He's down here. He's scared. He's fasting. He's weeping. He's, and he's scared. Look, we're all going to die. And this guy was sitting at the gate. He's, he's saved the king and they don't even know about it. They don't even know how good this guy's been. You know the rest of the story. But he goes, he goes, he goes in there and he says, you know what? You need to help us. You need to intervene in this thing. You need to go into him. And he charges her. Look, you need, you need to do it. I'm doing this for a reason, but you got to help out too. Wasn't a private thing anymore. Wasn't just one person fasting. Now it's, and we got some other people involved. For a reason. And then Tosh came, verse number nine. Came and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And again, Esther spake unto Hatach, I think, the, and gave him the commandment unto Mordecai. And all the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces do know, and that whatsoever, whether man or woman, shall come unto the king into the inner court, who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold the golden scepter, that it may, li- that he may live, but I have not been called to come unto him the Unto the king these 30 days. Man, I apologize. So she says, look, the king ain't called me. There's a rule. There's a law that's written. I can't go in to see him unless he calls for me. But if I go into him and he doesn't hold out that golden sepulcher, scepter, thank you very much. Scepter, she says, I'm going to die. Nope, don't want you. I don't want that wife. I wanted the other wife. You're You're dead. So now... She's doing, she's involved. It's her life now. And you know what she says? And they told it to Mordecai Esther's words, verse number 12. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. I mean, this is a harsh answer. Think not thyself. Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape with the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there, and there shall enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from other place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Man, that's a harsh answer. Hey, like, man. <laughs> it's harsh. Then Esther bade him, excuse me, then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. And I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so I will go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. And what a thing. You know, I see in this one, it wasn't a private thing. It wasn't, they weren't fasting just for by himself, like David, wasn't fasting like Naaman, but a bunch of them got together and fasted for her. Because she's going to go in and try to get an answer from the king. Fasting for an answer from the king. Publicly, more people. Wasn't just privately. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't. You can debate that, you know what I mean? But you get what I'm saying. 
It wasn't just one person all by themselves. It was several people. Fasting. And also fasting for someone else. Fasting for somebody else. In chapter number 5, Now it came to pass the third day that Esther put on her royal apparel and stood in the inner court of the king's house over against the king's the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house over against the gate of, his, of the house. And it was so when the king saw Esther the queen standing in the court that she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther? And what is thy request? It shall be given thee to the half of the kingdom. And you know the rest of the story. You know what the king's answer was? Yes. Yes. You want to have no Haman? As much as I want to read that, we're not. We'll save that for another preaching sermon. Well, amen. You're going to reap what you sow. <laughs> but, uh, amen. Answer was yes. Matthew chapter 4, and we'll be done. I'll leave you with a few thoughts. Matthew, Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4 and in verse number 1 it says, Then was Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and he was afterward and hungered. Now, I'm not going to try to do that fast. <laughs> I don't, I'm not quite there. Amen. I think I'm ready to fast for certain days though. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, is it, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and seeth, setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said unto him, It is written again that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, behind, get thee hence Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt not, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Where was Jesus' strength in all this? That's exactly right. That's it. That's where his strength came from. You're going to have to do it for the Lord. And the Lord will be your strength. You fast for the Lord. And this word. And to get an answer. And to reverence that. 
you got to reverence God in this thing. All three times. It is written. It is written. It is written. Forty days. And, all, and you can quote Scripture every single time. <laughs> right? I mean... I see when you fast, when close with this, you fast for others. I see sometimes it's private. I see that with David and Nehemiah. I see sometimes it's personal. Sometimes it's 40 days. Sometimes it's seven days. Sometimes it's three days. Other times, when you're the king's cupbearer, it's certain days. I see it can also be public. You can do it with a bunch of people. Esther did. I see prayer was involved always. You've got to pray fast. Even weeping was involved in mourning. Not all fasting involved that though. But it did all involve prayer. Withholding something of your comfort. They didn't eat something. Or they didn't drink something. For certain days. But it is biblical to fast. Certain days. The scripture was used in fasting, it was quoted, it was recited for strength. And they fasted for God to answer them. I'm just going to say, I'm going to fast starting tomorrow for the church. That's going to be my fast. I'm not saying that to be, be I'm just saying it because it's biblical. Because people need it. I'd ask you if you'd want to do that too. You don't have to start that day. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it tomorrow. You say, how long are you going to fast for? Certain days. I'm not going to tell you. It's private. It's personal. They're my prayers. But I love you all. Pastor, Needs our prayers. I would like to fast for Pastor. He's helped us a lot. He's been very faithful. I consider you all to fast for him, for this church. It's biblical. For one another, to lift up Pastor. Deny myself some some stuff. For certain days. I don't have to be Mr. Spirit. I'm going to do it for seven days. <laughs> you know, that ain't going to happen. But it might. It might. But one thing I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to do it certain days. Would you consider to doing the same? That would be the...
your question. Brother Mike. Oh, is that okay? Praise the Lord. I got, got one. Amen. Amen. We all need it. And God listens. And most of the time the answer is yes. God likes it. Let's pray. Father, I thank You for this day. Lord, I thank You for the Scriptures. Lord, I thank You for all the faithful brethren here, Lord, and I just pray You bless each and every one of them. Father, I pray for Pastor right now, Lord, that, uh, Lord, You just clean him up, Lord, and just get rid of all that stuff that's going on in there, Lord, and just get it out of his body as You can. And Lord, just help his guts, Lord, his insides, those infirmities, Lord, just to heal quick and powerfully, Lord, and stronger than they ever were before. Lord, I just pray for all the other brethren here, Lord, that are going through some stuff. Lord, I don't want to say any names, but Lord, you know who they are. Lord, help them, I pray. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for your mercy, your grace, Lord, and just comforting us, Lord. Thank you for this book. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.